Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, December 15th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Ukraine got a big win from the EU yesterday, and central banks are starting to send mixed signals. Plus, for U.S. union leader Sean Fain, the historic auto workers strike is only the beginning. By encouraging everyone to line up their contract expiration dates, that is laying the groundwork for potentially sweeping labor action on May Day 2028. I'm Josh Gabardoyan, in for Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. European Union leaders have agreed to officially start negotiations with Ukraine to join the bloc. Hungary's Prime Minister Viktor Orban has been the only holdout, but he dropped his opposition yesterday. The agreement is a big milestone for Ukraine's quest to join the EU after its war with Russia is over. And it comes at a critical time for the war-torn country. The EU has struggled to approve a 50 billion euro funding package for Kyiv, and support from Washington is still being held up in Congress. Both the Bank of England and the European Central Bank announced yesterday that they're holding interest rates steady. It's a sign that there are still lingering concerns over inflation. Meanwhile, the U.S. Federal Reserve signaled it was open to lowering rates in an announcement made earlier this week. Here to talk with me now is Katie Martin, the FT's markets editor. Hello, Katie. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Okay, so to start, what do we know about central banks' attitudes right now? We know a lot more than we did a few days ago, and we're seeing some big gaps opening up between how different central banks are thinking about the world. On the one hand, you've got the US Federal Reserve, which is not explicitly saying rate cuts are definitely coming next year, but they're kind of hinting pretty heavily that that they are. You know, flip over to the other side of the Atlantic, you've got the European Central Bank, really not towing the line with the states and saying there'd be no discussion over cutting interest rates. Similarly, we've also had the Bank of England, which said there's still a way to go until it's comfortable with where inflation is. So you can see this this growing chasm between the major central banks. All right, but even still, all three central banks decided to hold rates steady this week. How are the markets reacting to all this? So the Fed's the biggie. I mean, you know, investors do care about the ECB and the Bank of England, but really what the Fed says goes for markets. So we've seen a quite significant jump in government bond prices globally, and that's pulling down yields hard. And so if you've got a floating rate mortgage or if you're a company that's borrowed on a floating rate basis, then happy days because effectively, you know, in a lot of cases, the rate that you're paying that debt back every month is going to fall pretty dramatically. So it has a real world impact as well. But also stocks are racing higher, various kind of benchmark measures of stocks in the States are close to record highs. So it's very much setting the scene for a much more constructive environment for stocks next year. We're not likely to be so dependent on just this tiny clutch of Magnificent Seven, very AI-flavoured tech stocks. It's likely to to broaden out through the rest of the system. So it's quite a big kind of festive present for, for investors. Katie Martin is the FT's markets editor. Thanks, Katie. Pleasure. If you're Sean Fain, 
now seems like a good time to do a victory lap. The president of the United Auto Workers Union recently brokered major contracts with the big three American car makers. The deals ended a historic six-week strike that had captured the nation's attention. But Fain isn't done yet. His big plans for the future. Claire Bushy has been covering the fallout of the strikes, and she joins me now. Hi, Claire. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. So, Claire, by the looks of it, Sean Fain has been on the stump in recent weeks talking to UAW members. Where did you see him? I went to a rally in Belvedere, Illinois. I am at the community building, and I just walked past a line of people that is more than a block long. It was both a victory lap and also sort of a a call to, um, to expand the fight for the working class. It's a good day to be in Belvedere. And when Fain took the stage, what did he have to say? He got up there and he said this one was personal. He actually talked about how it wasn't just about the auto workers. He talked about how the billionaire class has been hurting U.S. communities for decades. For 40 years, our country's been going backwards. The working class keeps getting left behind while the billionaires strip our communities for parts. And like no one has done anything about it. And there's only one thing that can stop that. It's us. Fain also emphasized that bargaining, great contracts, leads to organizing. If workers at Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis are able to go on strike and win a better contract than anyone thought they could get, then other workers are going to look at that and say, I want part of that. What sort of role has Sean Fain played in kicking off this wider movement? A lot of it was rhetoric. Sean Fain did these live streams during the strike, and he would tell people about these other fights that were happening in healthcare or for casino workers. He was always sending messages that, you know, this is about the UAW, but this is also about the whole working class. And then when the strike was settled, they also encouraged all U.S. unions to start lining up their contract expiration dates with the auto workers, which is on April 30th, 2028. In the United States, unions typically cannot go on strike unless their contract has expired. So by encouraging everyone to line up their contract expiration dates, that is laying the groundwork for potentially sweeping labor action on May Day 2028, May Day being a day that is associated historically with the labor movement. Right. And how do Fane's UAW union members view this approach? I mean, the people standing in this long line in Belvedere, what did you hear from them? The people that I talked to were very favorable. They seemed to really admire his fighting spirit. They didn't have a choice but to listen to us. I spoke with a woman, Tanya Glover, and she was a third-generation UAW member. I'm number 12 in my family to work at at Chrysler. She was in sort of that very long line of workers who were standing to get into the hall to see Fane, and she mentioned that she wasn't sure that she liked the contract that was bargained at first. Actually, I was going to vote no. Mm -hmm. But it was one of these, you know, live stream videos that Fane did 
where he talked about this contract being the path to get better contracts in the future. You got to start somewhere. So this is a start. And that ultimately persuaded her to vote in favor of the contract. Okay, so it seems like he has a pretty solid base of support. But what are some of the challenges Fain's facing in keeping the labor movement alive? It's hard to organize. U.S. labor law is fundamentally reactive. So it's entirely possible for companies to fire union leaders. And then the most that those workers can win is reinstatement and back pay. And that can take months or years to have that happen. So Sean Fain and the UAW have a lot of momentum right now. Eventually, they are going to collide with all these big forces that are allied against them. But the night before they were supposed to kick off their strike against the big three... Thane gave this live stream speech to UAW members and, and the public. And he said that you have to have faith that you can move mountains. And yes, these corporations are mountains. The mountains were General Motors and Stellantis and Ford. But together, we can make these mountains move. And in the end, they moved them. Claire Bushy is the FT's Chicago correspondent and covers the U.S. auto industry. Thanks, Claire. Thanks very much. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com for free when you click the links in our show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Kasia Brusalian. Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, Mark Filipino, and me, Josh Gabertoyon. Our engineer is Monica Lopez. We had help this week from Joanna Gao, Sam Giovinco, David De Silva, Michael Lello, Peter Barber, Gavin Kalman, and Zach St. Louis. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio, and our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.